And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. The shot, Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I hope everybody's having a good week. It is Thursday, July 9th. So today we're going to take it pretty easy on the show. We're going to do a little recap of yesterday's episode in case you missed it. Uh, Of course, as always, if you missed an episode, you could always go back and listen to it. And go ahead and subscribe and follow and do all that fun stuff. Download. Um... Wherever the podcast may be, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, you know, all any of those outlets, uh, wherever you find podcasts, we're on there. So obviously go on there, follow us so you can stay up to date on all the things surrounding the show. And when the latest episode drops, you'll be there and you'll get the notification. So, yeah, uh, just going to recap yesterday's episode. We spoke about all the fun news that was going on around the NHL in terms of the Players Association and the NHL, the league. Uh, agreed on a deal to extend the CBA and start play August 1st. Obviously, that isn't technically official yet, I believe. I believe that the the players have to come back and agree on it, vote on it, and do all that stuff to ratify it, So, and then it will officially go through. Um, the CBA, if they do ratify it, which I totally expect them to, You know, I don't think the players want to sit around any longer. I believe that it will run to the 2025-26 season. Uh, that's when it's, yeah, so it's it'll be set to expire. And then, yeah, so what does that mean? Obviously, that means that training camps, what does that mean going forward? That training camps will be going, that will be open on Monday, July 13th. Uh, and then on the 26th, teams will travel to their assigned hub cities. Uh, like I spoke about on yesterday's episode, most likely the Lightning will be up in Toronto for that. Uh, if you haven't been keeping up to date on that, uh, the hub cities are Edmonton and Toronto. And I guess the most logical thing would just to put those teams from, you know, if you're just going to look at a map, you know, may, some of you may not be good at geography. But if you look at a map, Toronto is, I guess, closer if you want to really count miles or kilometers or whatever the case may be. Uh, Toronto would be the most logical destination for the Lightning. Uh, I can't see a scenario where the NHL would be sending Eastern Conference teams, regardless of who they are, whether it's Lightning or not, to to Edmonton. Now, the only way, obviously, the Lightning would end up in Edmonton uh, under, I guess, extraordinary circumstances would be if they were to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals as well as move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, obviously, that is the place that we want the Lightning to end up and hopefully end their season hopefully ho- hoisting Lord Stanley. Now, I, I'm i very curious, uh, once training camps do open up and the players start talking more to the media, I'm very curious how all this moving around where they start in their cities, their, their home cities, of course, and then 13 days later they end up in Canada. I'm curious how sitting on the couch, well, I mean, they weren't really sitting on the couch. I'm sure a lot of the players were working out during this time, but they weren't really being able to skate. 
work out maybe the way they they could have and should have have obviously some of these players do not have some of the home gyms i'm I, one of the most notable uh videos that i saw throughout the lockout of players staying in shape was uh alexander ovechkin's home gym which is insane i mean of course he's been in the league for forever and uh his house in general is insane but i i can't imagine a lot of other players uh having um houses such as that but then again who knows but yeah um I'm curious how them starting their city and then going to 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 Canada as well as you know having every all the I guess you could say ongoing tension surrounding them and that obviously that tension quote unquote is going to be coming from everybody kind of weary of someone walking around with the virus and possibly infecting other people um I mean like I said on past shows if it does happen it's going to happen. I mean, there's nothing we could do about it at this point until there's a vaccine available, which it seems like there won't be for some time. But it's one of those things where I feel like someone, hopefully not, fingers crossed, I, but I feel like at some point some player is going to get sick. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, like I've said multiple times on many past shows the past couple of weeks. That is the nature of the beast that we are dealing with today. Um, and it's going to happen. I mean, I, I don't, and that's what kind of brings up my, my, the other topic I brought up yesterday is what does the league do? What does the league do if a player contracts COVID? Now, do they, if, if maybe he had a, a big window of interactions with media and obviously his teammates, do you, do you quarantine the whole team? I mean, can you really risk quarantining the whole team? Then again, I mean, they do have, it seems like if you went through all their plans for phase three and four, it seems like they are going to be overprepared, which is, I mean, you can never be too, there's no such thing now in this state stage in the game as overpreparedness. Um, it seems like they're going to be testing these guys literally every day, which they should. I mean, you don't want to risk um, a guy not being tested or personnel for that matter. I mean, it, it might not even be a player. It could be somebody on the staff could even be a coach, um, some, a member of the media. And that's going to be very limited. I imagine they're going to do interviews and all that stuff via maybe zoom or something like that. Some, uh, um, some, you know, video chat system or whatever the case may be. But that's, I mean, that's like the least important thing interviewing these guys. I mean, the least important, the most important thing, of course, is to keep the, these guys safe and healthy and, you know, not have them in danger, not only themselves, but their teammates. I'd be curious as to what happens if a player, you know, is he going to be allowed back after two weeks if his team is still in the hunt? Or is he, you know, or is the league going to deem him, I guess, disqualified from play if you want to call it in those terms i mean i'm sure there's other ways to say it but disqualified from play and then maybe due to health and then maybe he has to sit out which i i that would would really suck especially if it's a top player and i mean it would suck for anybody but it would definitely suck for if it's a top player who's been hot and obviously you know if it's a guy like i don't know like um andre vasileski or Stamkos or even a uh, or even someone like Alex Kalorn. You know, I would hate to see any of these guys go down with it, of course. I mean, or even Coach Coop uh, or any of the Lightning staff for that matter. But it seems like, though, they're going to start and loosen up kind of some of the restrictions 
uh, later on in the game. I believe when the players hit, I know for the finals, it's definitely going to be loud. I'm curious. I didn't. I don't remember just off the top of my head if uh, for the conference finals, but it seems like the league is going to allow family members and I guess X amount of friends of each player to. I mean, definitely family members. I don't know about friends. I guess they're going to be able to maybe be in the stands there in games. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work. But I know they're going to let family members stay with the players once they get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And, of course, I mean, they, I understand that. They, you know, the, you're in the biggest series of the year, and you definitely want to have, you know, your family and friends or, you know, just your family near you uh, during this special moment in the year. And I'm sure that's what the NHL wants. I think that they're going to try and compensate the players for not playing – with many fans because remember we're not going to have the Stanley Cup finals till October so they're going to you know they're not trying to rush the playoffs along they're going to try and stretch this out because like I said on yesterday's episode what the NHL plans to do even though they're going to have three games a day which I think is spectacular uh, I would imagine it's three games from each conference so that would be a total of six now I would imagine they um, what they're going to do is yeah so the league is ending play in October, and then the 2020-21 season is going to start up in December. So, you know, like I stated on yesterday's episode, I had a little bit of a heart attack moment when all that news broke because f- when it came up on my, my notifications, it seemed as if the league was, you know, I was still under the impression that the league was possibly going to end play, maybe rush things along in the playoffs. Uh, rush the schedule along where they would probably possibly end the season in late August or maybe early September. And in my mind, it's like, wait, we're going to end play in September, possibly, you know, uh, late August, and then resume up in December. You know, that was something that really scared me because it's like, oh, man, well, now we got to go four, four, again, four months again with this. But you know what? They, they came to save the day and the the chest pain <laughs> quickly uh, disappeared, but yeah, um, like I stated on yesterday's episode, this is a hockey fan's dream. Uh, this is kind of like Christmas coming early for us. Uh, six games a day, uh, you're gonna be able to watch two games at a time, of course. Uh, so especially if um, I believe it, how it works since Edmonton is two hours away, uh, two hour time difference from Toronto it seems like we're gonna have a hockey game starting up maybe every hour hour and a half possibly um you know more details to come in terms of what the league is going to do in terms of scheduling I would imagine maybe four out of this no actually probably two out of the six games would be round robin games uh I'm very interested to see hopefully that's the case you know I don't want to be sitting here with the Lightning playing on a Monday and having to wait for them to play, you know, game two of the round robin on Thursday. You know, that's just, you're just dragging us through the mud at that point. I mean, Grant, especially if they're playing well, you don't want the, the momentum to slow down. And speaking of slowing down, especially, you know, you don't want missing parts for your car to slow you down. And rockauto.com has all the best parts to get you back on the road. Uh, Rock Auto is a family business serving auto part customers online for the last 20 years. Uh, 
Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up twice as much as the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on when you go to their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So something I'm going to speak about briefly just because it's, you know, it's July. We're still in the early stages of July, but I just kind of wanted to bring it up just because it's it's one of those things that is sort of looming over the lightning, I guess, sort of, kind of, and that is the decisions that this team will have to make in the upcoming free agent uh, period or pool or whatever you'd like to discuss. Uh, they have a couple of contracts that will be up once uh, they hit the free agent. Now, interesting enough, um, you know, the good thing is is that, well, I mean, if you look at the free agency and you look at all these contracts that are going to be expired and, you know, it's just the unfortunate thing about it is that they have so many good players that are going to kind of be hitting the market, but at the same time, they're going to be restricted. Now, let me kind of just kind of turn that into English for you. Now, we they have about 10 players whose contracts will be expiring. Uh, so that will be Patrick Maroon, who's going to be unrestricted. Um, I believe Mitchell Stevens, Anthony Sorelli, and Carter Verhage would all be restricted free agents. So that's kind of a good thing. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk's going to be UFA'd. John Ruda's going to be UFA'd. We got Mikhail Sarkajev, who's RFA, Luke Shen, UFA, uh, Eric Chernak, who's going to be RFA, and Zach Bogosian, who's going to be UFA. Now, why am I bringing this up now? I mean, it's just an interesting thing because at the end of the day, uh, it's very unrealistic to think that the Lightning are going to be able to pay all these guys because especially if you look at some of these guys that are going to become UFA'd, I think long-term, and I'm not trying to knock their talent at all, I think what the Lightning need to do, if they want to have not only success but sustained success, is that this is a chance. I mean, I don't really want to call it a chance, but I think it's we're, they're at a time now where they have a good core of players who are veterans who are still you know, in their 20s and all that, or early 30s. Um, and they want to obviously keep that speed and that style of play up to pars the way they wanted to have that, you know, have that Stanley Cup winning possible um, recipe to them. Now, because they're going to have to pay some guys in a couple of seasons that are really going to deserve the money, are probably going to ask for a lot. Um, one of the names that comes to mind is Blake Coleman. I'm not expecting Blake Coleman to ask for a billion dollars. Absolutely not. I mean, he's. He's going to probably get a mid-level contract. Uh, he's a good player. He's, I believe he's on the second line, and he's probably going to get a second line. He's probably going to get a standard contract that you would get for a second liner. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be one of the highest paid players on this team. Then again, who knows what the franchise is going to do in two years. You know, we're only, we're only thinking about this upcoming 
uh, free agent pool. And one of the things to also consider is that the cap isn't going up. Uh, the league lost a ton of money in revenues this, the, with this whole COVID thing going on. And so a lot of the teams, especially the Lightning, who are you know already kind of handcuffed as it is with the salary cap, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Now, that brings me to kind of like a little... I guess question that I want to throw all of you toward towards all your way. Now, out of all these players, now think about it this way: the Lightning have during for the 2019 season, they have 25 players that are currently under contract. Now, if you're looking at Sport Spot Track, uh, this is one of my favorite websites. If you're looking at the set, if you want to follow along, go there right now. Hit a pit pause on this and take a look at it. Now, going into the 2020 season as it stands, if the Lightning choose to not sign anyone to those contracts, um, which is impossible because I, I would be shocked, which would be it would be a ridiculous move, um, one that probably hasn't been seen in the league. Uh, if they choose not to sign anyone, they would only have 15 players on their on you know under contract. So having said that, you know, there's going to be need to be some sacrifices made in terms of players maybe taking pay cuts, understanding, listen, like, and the Lightning, I'm sure, are going to speak to these people. You know, they're going to, these guys are going to say, well, listen, we're kind of strapped for cash considering everything that's happened in the last couple of months or so. So maybe you could give us a discount. I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see Patrick Maroon taking a discount. Um, if he does, that's great. I mean, he made nine hundred grand this year. Um, I mean, that's not exactly a lot of money considering how much a lot of other players and other sports make. But for hockey, I mean, that's kind of a good deal. Uh, I would imagine he wants to get paid more than that, uh, and preferably maybe a more than a one-year deal. Now, the players, obviously, I want the Lightning to sign to long-term contracts, in which I would expect them to sign a long long-term contracts are of course Anthony Sorelli, Connor Verhage, uh probably John Ruta. Uh I'm curious. I would imagine they would. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um Luke Shen, I would like to see them bring back. I think he was one of uh those players that, you know, he didn't play a whole ton of minutes on the ice this year, but when he did, I thought he made a pretty uh, good impact. Um, he was one of those guys that, you know, the Lightning really needed him. I've stressed this on tons of episodes this year where the one thing the Lightning were missing up until maybe even the acquisitions of Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman, as well as signing Zach Bogosian, was that they didn't really have someone who would play physical out there on a consistent basis. When I say physical, I'm not talking really, you know, fighting for pucks or whatever, but making guys kind of putting guys on notice when they thought they could skate down the ice without being touched or confronted by a lightning player, especially a guy who would go out there and drop the gloves when need to and stand up for his teammates. And that's something that I think the lightning should really take into consideration when they're thinking about how much they want to pay Luke Shen. Now I'm not saying let's not give him like a ridiculous long-term contract. Absolutely not. I mean, when, when the season ends and free agency begins and that should be seven days or so after the conclusion of the Stanley Cup Finals. I would imagine that if the Lightning are out of it, they probably would have had these conversations with these guys already. But they're probably going to sit down and tell Luke Shen, hey, we really want you on the team, but you're going to need to pay take a paycheck cut. Um, but the guy, that's the, one of the guys that I really think they should consider keeping on this team. He's probably not going to play a ton of minutes up in the 
the NHL next season. Then again, who knows what this team's going to look like, so maybe there will be a spot for him if they decide they want him to try and fight for a spot on one of the defensive pairings going into next season. But the guys, obviously, that this team needs to pay is Mitchell Stevens, Anthony Sorelli, Carter Verhage. Uh Mikhail Sergachev definitely deserves a long-term deal. Uh, he's absolutely improved uh, immensely over the course of this season. There were some moments where I admit I was a little bit maybe too harsh on how he played. Granted, you know, he's still very young, and he still has a lot of years and experience and a lot of a lot of things to learn along the, the way. And definitely, you know, this upcoming Olympics is definitely going to help him you know, if they don't give him a long-term contract, which would be really ridiculous if they don't, but I think it would definitely bolster his value, and I think that's one of the things that these players should take into advantage, where they should say, okay, I'm not going to get a one a one-year deal or a huge contract to break break the bank, but at the same time, I could sign a one-year deal, whatever the case may be, and then use the Olympics to possibly use as a negotiation chip. In their favor, where they could say, okay, just remember how I played not only for this team, but how I played for my country against some of the best players in the world. So you could use that. So I expect them to pay, you know, some of the guys I already said, as well as Eric Chernak, who deserves a contract. I'm not saying he's going to get seven years. I don't expect him to get a seven year contract or anything like that. But it, he's probably going to get something within, you know, reasonable amount of length in terms of a contract. Um, guys that I don't really expect them to bring back. Uh, I can't see. I would love to have Patrick Moon back. Then again, uh, I would like to see some of these top prospects that they do have who might be NHL ready get a shot at the NHL level. Even if maybe they're not necessarily ready at this point, at this stage in the game. You know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, the Lightning need to take a chance on these guys if they want to maybe build up their confidence and give them some experience at the the NHL level. Uh, I don't expect them to get uh, give Zach Bogosian a contract or maybe even Kevin Kevin Shattenkirk. Maybe they'll give Shatty uh, a couple of years on a deal. I mean, he's still got enough left in the tank, and he could put up some points when need be. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get into all this uh, once the, the Stanley Cup playoffs have concluded. Like I said, it's really too hard to tell uh, what the Lightning are to do in terms of length of contract is money as well because, like I said, the salary cap is going to – it's not really going to move or if at all um, because of everything that's been going on with the, the COVID pandemic and, you know, teams missing out on, on revenue. So we're going to have to wait to see how these guys play in the playoffs and maybe how they could leverage that into their favor. And, yeah, um, it's going to be a busy offseason. It's definitely going to be a crazy offseason for the Lightning, trying to figure out how maybe they could bring all these guys back. So I just want to end the show today, uh, you know, just saying how excited I am again, once again. Hopefully, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't really been listening to some of the episodes uh, during this whole pandemic thing, I understand, you know, it's hard to stay involved in hockey. And I, I, I've been trying my best to keep it uh, fresh up. Uh, fresh you know on the show and I think I've been doing a pretty good job uh the feedback has been absolutely incredible I just want to thank all you fans once again all the listeners um I want to have I want to be more involved with you I would like some of more of you who uh there's been a few of you uh here and there writing um writing into the show whether it's through the email or you know sending in messages through twitter uh, but I would like to have a maybe a mailbag or maybe some of you send in voice memos 
that's the best way to do it in terms of uh, good sounding audio. You know, send it into the show if you want to ask a question about possibly how the Lightning are going to play in the playoffs or even anything concerning about uh, free agency. Uh, and we'll save that up for when that segment comes up. Uh, and when you're done listening to this show, go ahead and listen to the segment on L- on the Locked On NHL channel. They had a great segment this week uh, discussing um, hockey cards, uh, all about how, uh, you know, the market's up and down and how it how it fluctuates and all that stuff and how, you know, it's affected by certain variables that happen in real time. It's kind of like a, a hockey stock market. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Talk to you in the next one.